Welcome to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. It's a podcast about the nuts and bolts of life in rural Australia. The good, the bad and the beautiful. Winning a Churchill Fellowship is pretty darn special. The awards have been going for over 50 years and honour the memory of Sir Winston Churchill. It's like a Rhodes Scholarship for ordinary people. The Churchill Fellowships recognise people with passion and drive, providing an opportunity to experience world's best practice on issues that matter to Australian communities. Queensland sustainability consultant Jane Milburn is one of 115 Australian recipients in 2019. For Jane, it's an opportunity to investigate ways hands-on upcycling help reduce textile waste and enhance well-being in Japan, the US, the UK, Netherlands and Germany. With a background in agriculture and journalism, Jane has a passion for natural fibres. She created Textile Beat and one of her first public outings was at the Queensland Rural, Regional and Remote Women's Network Conference in Blackhall. Since then, and that's going back to 2013, she's done 560 public engagements, media talks and workshops around Australia. For Jane, slow clothing is an antidote to fast fashion and she's thrilled to be a winner of a Churchill Fellowship. Oh, look, it's so exciting, really, to have this new opportunity and I feel very honoured by it, actually, and it, it will elevate the work that I've been doing for the past six years. What is a Churchill Fellowship? It's an opportunity to travel overseas for up to eight weeks and explore... Um, a topic or a, a subject area or a, a work environment that you're passionate about. So you're basically selected because of a proposal that you've put up about why what you've been doing and why you need to go overseas. And what did you put up? Uh, my, it's actually called um, to investigate ways that hands-on upcycling practice can um, help reduce textile waste and enhance well-being. So spit it out in plain English. What does that all mean? Well, look, it starts with mending. It actually starts with getting back, using needle and thread and your hands. That's what upcycling is. Mending is the entry-level upcycling. So it's investigate ways that mending and and advanced actions can help you... Um, feel good about yourself and and, um, how you live in the world at this time of you know climate change and also the more that you can mend and continue extend the life of existing clothes the less you're throwing away so but why would someone give you a Churchill fellowship to learn how to mend in Germany it's not learning how to mend it's actually the philosophy behind it which is the thing um that's the action, but uh, for me, I hope to um, actually meet other practitioners and also see what other people are doing, what other councils are doing, what other educational institutions are doing to basically combat this fast fashion disposable throwaway society. I mean, the the vehicle is 
stitching and mending, uh, but it's much bigger than that. And that's sometimes what people might think I've been doing for six years or she's just been playing around. But actually it it comes uh, from a leadership perspective. I'm just living a different way, a more sustainable way, a way that helps us reduce our material footprint. How much rubbish, clothing rubbish, do we chuck? Oh, heaps. Um, You know, the figures that I've been able to come across, and this is just from my own research, is that we actually purchase up to 27 kilos of clothing fibre. So it it equates to clothing, but there's a fair bit lost in the supply chain, up to 15%. So we're buying up to 27 kilos per person each per year. And other figures from the ABS show that we're throwing away 23 kilos of textiles and leather per year. And what happens to that? Well, it goes to landfill. That's what's going to landfill. And I guess there's another figure of um, clothing that is sent overseas into the um, global second-hand trade, which is also our cast-offs. And that's a significant amount as well, up to five, five kilos per person. You're listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. Life on the land can be tough, but the people who live there choose to live where they live. And there is a sense of community you won't find in the city. And your real concern is that a lot of that clothing waste is synthetic which is non-biodegradable yeah well this is how this is my entry into it because my background in agriculture and interest in natural fibers I could see that in the clothing in in shops and in op shops was a lot more synthetic these days so I went to look um, at you know I went looking for figures and that's how I came into this to realize that in the last decade the acceleration in clothing consumption is actually synthetic fibres. Natural fibre production has maintained, you know, pretty much uh, over time. It used to be half natural, half synthetic 10 years ago. Now it's two-thirds synthetic, one-third natural. Now we can't produce much more natural fibre because we need that land for food, but this big problem with these synthetics are actually shedding microplastics into the ecosystem and they never break down synthetics. So, and sometimes that's a good thing if you look at, you know, your swimmers, but I think we need to realise that that's a fossil fuel derivative and we're wearing it. It's not comfortable to wear, you sweat in it, it smells so you've got to wash more and therefore there's more shedding of the microplastic particles. So Jane, about six years ago, you turned on the textile beat, the recycling, upcycling switch in your head. You've been doing it all your life. I mean, you grew up on a farm, you sewed, you've been a journalist, you've been reporting about natural fibres for for decades. Mm. But getting from that, turning that switch on, this is an idea that I'm really concerned about, to where you are now as a Churchill Fellow has been a tough road to hoe. Yeah, look, it really has been, Rob, but the exciting thing is that it brings together everything that I am, everything I've done, and it was actually, you know, through leadership study and self-awareness that 
I really, you know, start to think about how can I contribute? How can I make a difference? I'd done a lot of professional work and enjoyed all those different jobs and everything, but there kind of comes a point in life where you want more purpose. Like that was work dealing with someone else's values and what they wanted to do when you kind of, you do sort of what you're told or what you're expected to do whereas I just thought you know when the third child finished school um, I thought what do I really want to be doing and I always find my found my way back to fibers so really what I did is is looked at what needed to be done what was going on and how I could make a difference by showing a different way and that's the exciting thing like I have had to steer my own course so I've actually become very self-actualised through all this process. And I do feel that the Churchill Fellowship, um, as I said in the interview, why do you want the Churchill Fellowship? I said the imprimatur of the Churchill Fellowship elevates the work. And it is also recognition for me because part of what I needed to do was work independently. I couldn't be aligned with any particular group because I needed free voice. And that that's... That was the hard part that I've had to labour here, but now I feel that um, the and particularly with my book as well, um, and and you know just the support of really um, intelligent and informed people like Craig Rucastle and Costa Georgiadis, you know, and now the you know the Churchill Selection Committee, like people are recognising that we've got to do things differently and. You know, I'm just positioned here saying, well, this is what I do, you know. Um, you can take bits of it. I've got a bigger picture because not everyone wants to make and be hands-on. So I've, I've come up with the Slow Clothing Manifesto where we've got 10 actions that we can take. And the first one is thinking more. And, okay, next year, where are you going to go? Well, um, it starts uh, in Japan, you know, because they have traditionally honoured their textiles and there's, you know, a lot of um, techniques happening there. They're very conscious of the environment, a lot of natural fibres. And then to the US, a couple of different locations there, mainly San Francisco, um, Alabama and New York. And then to the UK, uh, there's quite a lot of activity there. And then in Europe, I had to narrow it down just to two countries, so the Netherlands and Germany. And, you know, I'm hoping to gather a range of material. And it's interesting kind of thinking about the best way to gather that. And I'm just at the moment, even though I've got a bit of a project outline, selecting who are actually the right people, like not just the Menders, Rob, as you suggest. You know, it's actually the... The people who are leading and doing things differently to to myself that I can um, add that and bring that into uh, being able to share with the Australian community after I get home. Must be so exciting, Jane. Congratulations again. Oh, thanks. It is really exciting. Um, it's not just the travel. It's actually about the the gathering of new information because I have actually had the fortune to go around to most parts of Australia already and see what other people are doing. And you can do a lot on the internet, but it's very different to experiencing it in person. You've been listening to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app, and leave me a review. Music was composed and presented by Luke Aidney. Mm-hmm.